I'm Satya Nelms, and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. All right, ready to go. Um, well, this is my very first interview for the podcast, so thank you. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm excited, too. Yeah. Um, so to start, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Share with me and my listeners, you know, what you'd like us to know about you. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, my name is Farai Harold. Mm-hmm. I am... Zimbabwe and born and bred in Southern Africa, born in Zimbabwe, raised in Botswana. Mm -hmm. I am half Kansan. I moved here when I was 18. So I've been here for about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love all the places that I'm from. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm an herbalist. I'm a doula. I'm a mom. I'm a partner. (sighs) What do I yeah that I guess that sums me up I'm a gardener (laughs) that's me in a nutshell I guess I love it I uh Mm -hmm. I actually I'm also a doula was one of the hats that I wear so I I love it yeah (laughs) circle of birth workers yes yes Mm -hmm. it's some of I mean I'm a writer as well but Mm -hmm. the birth work there is there's nothing like it for sure yeah Okay, so what is a mother? When you hear that word, what is what does that feel like for you? You know, what uh-huh. comes to mind? What is a mother? Uh, so keeping in mind that my lens is from a super heteronormative Southern mm-hmm. African upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be speaking from, you know, the way I was raised and everything. But a mother is... Um, a nourisher, a joy bringer, a caregiver, a lover, a teacher. Um, it's not necessarily the person that gave birth to you, but mm-hmm. you're in my culture, your mother's sister is your mother as well. Mm. The auntie down the street is your mother as well. The old lady who sells you your school lunch is your mother as well. Mm-hmm. So it it doesn't really have to be the person that gave birth to you it's anyone who wants to be your guide or is your guide or takes on that role I love that That, to me anyway yeah I love that I once heard a quote I can't remember who said it but Mm -hmm. it was you know the that biology is the least of which makes you a mother for sure Um, and I yeah that really resonated so what is your first memory of being mothered? Um, so this question was super complicated for me because <laughs> my mother died when I was six and mm. I have had a lot, I had a pretty traumatic childhood and I have lost a lot of memories of her mm-hmm. and just life in general. So I have this particular memory and I want it to be her, but I don't think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, this memory 
days of I was maybe four or five and I was trying to eat some porridge and it was really hot mm-hmm. and I burned my mouth mm. <laughs> and this caregiver person like stopped and sat me down and showed me how to be patient and blow on the food to cool it down mm-hmm. before I could eat it and I think that's probably my earliest positive memory of being mothered Mm. yeah and you said that you really want you know you want that memory to be Mm -hmm. you know your biological mother but you're not sure that it is do you have any memories of her that you're sure are her I don't Mm. I mean so I I do like and it's not necessarily a specific memory, but when I gave birth to my daughter, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, my, there's this whole inter, my daughter is named for my mother. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole interconnectedness that I felt since, since I was pregnant, I immediately, like I grew up, you know, with my, knowing that my mom was dead and it was sad and it sucked, mm-hmm. but it it wasn't really defining me mm-hmm. until until I got pregnant and I was like oh man I really want my mom mm. I wish she was here I craved her so much and then after I gave birth to my daughter I was just like whoa she never left because it was mm. like the great love and caring that she had for me like I felt it as I mothered my own child Mm. And so I feel like, even though I didn't really feel like I had much of a relationship with her growing mm-hmm. up, I feel like it's super strong now, yeah. now that I'm a mom. And so it's not, it's, I guess, a general feeling of being mothered mm-hmm. in mothering my child. I, even though I don't remember physical acts, mm-hmm. I think the power of the love and the joy that she carried for me mm-hmm. um, was it just permeates into everything that I do and so every time I mother my child I'm mothered by my mother if that makes sense it does and that's, yeah. that's amazing mm-hmm. because you lost your mother so young did you you know you did, in your description of, of what a mother is you know mm-hmm. there's this wide you know variety of places where mothering can come from do you Uh think that you had that sense or do you feel you had that sense when you lost your mother when you were six did you was there a continuity to the to feeling mothered or did it take a little while for you once you lost your mother to feel that you were still being mothered by others no um I don't think well, yeah, I was mothered in the sense that I had my dad remarried to my stepmother. And mm-hmm. She really did not like my biological mother, and so she was mm. she took it out on me and my brother a lot. So mm. sorry if I'm tearful. No, <laughs> I no, this is gonna happen, and I'm not upset. I it's just I don't think I can talk without crying. That's just who I am. <laughs> um, I get I get it. <laughs> yeah. So my stepmom was really um, physically abusive mentally abusive Mm. all the isms all Mm. the abuses that someone can be that's what she was Mm. and so she was mothering in that you know I had a roof over my head and I had clothes on my back Mm. 
but it wasn't really a safe space. She used, you know, guilt, shame, mm. fear, abuse as her tool for mothering. Mm. And so I really didn't want to have anything to do with mothering. I mean, you know, when I was young and mm -hmm. throughout high school, I never thought that I was going to have a biological child, even though I had baby names. <laughs> I, I always thought that I was going to adopt. I was like, I was going to have an orphanage. I know what it's like to live in a home where people aren't loved, and I don't want anyone else to feel like that. So mm -hmm. all the other little kids, you know, that don't feel loved, I'm going to take them and I'm going to love them. That's what I used mm -hmm. to repeat all the time. Mm -hmm. And... um when I'm trying to think who yeah so I think it wasn't until uh, maybe I was college age I was 18 19 I always have had I started to realize that my mom sends women mm. into my life who who like it's like divine intervention who take me and put me under their wing mm. and parent and parent me and mother me yes. and it was you know in school it was a teacher here and there mm -hmm. in um in college it was a professor in at work it was a co-worker an older co-worker mm -hmm. um and then even now my friends we mother each other and a lot of our relationships I feel like it's, it's like I asked when I ask her specifically mm -hmm. um, she provides like yes. there was a speaking of motherhood and community I worked with my daughter for the first six months of her life I had a job that allowed me to take my child to work with me and when the infant at work policy expired I came home mm -hmm. and this is like my first time not working ever since I was maybe 15 or 16 mm -hmm. and it was a big transition and I didn't know anyone who's a stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. and I felt incredibly you know isolated and lonely and out of touch and you know we need community as, yes. as caregivers and I remember asking her specifically like I need mothers I need women who are into the same things that I'm into mm -hmm. I need friends and she came through man <laughs> so um that was a couple years ago yeah so I think I didn't have it in my childhood to answer your question mm -hmm. but I did and I didn't know until I got older and then now I see it everywhere mm, yeah yeah and do you think you mother yourself um I'm still working on that mm. but yeah yeah, I think so. Mm. There's a reparenting and parenting your inner child. I think that's work that I've been doing mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. And um, because of the PTSD that I have from my childhood, I I can be really hypervigilant and unforgiving and have really high expectations of people and things and myself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I guess I would say that I'm parenting myself because I'm allowing room mm. to to you know for it to just be okay and I think that's what mothers do is like yeah this sucks but it's fine and I'm here for you mm. mm -hmm. and was there a period of time when you had to actively heal from you know what what went on with your stepmother in order to 
be able to accept mothering from other people? Um, I think the people that were sent to, to my life mm-hmm. kind of did that did that aspect for me you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who and me included who struggle with you know accepting love and kindness and joy from other people and caring from other people mm-hmm. but I mean all the women in my life are so incredibly badass that you almost <laughs> didn't get an option I just had to kind of get over it and get over it myself mm-hmm. in that aspect I think the healing that I had to do in that sense was from when I gave birth to my daughter and I was like oh crap uh you have a lot of unresolved issues Mm -hmm. specifically around you know boundaries and what it's like to be a gentle parent and Mm -hmm. to see a child as a person and not a commodity and I never had those feelings but I knew that that's how I was raised and I didn't want to project that onto my child in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. So I was like, within a month of my kid, and I should have done this before, but I immediately checked myself into therapy and we started going monthly. Well, I think mm-hmm. it was maybe even more frequently than monthly at first. Mm-hmm. And just started seeing a therapist and processing everything and kind of understanding, you know, how that's shaped my life. I've always had a general idea, mm-hmm. but the deep, deep... Um, things that we feel mm-hmm. I think are shaped by our childhood and I just had no idea how mm-hmm. pervasive and and like intrinsic it is it becomes to you as a person yeah yeah so when you reflect on how you were mothered and how you needed to be mothered where was their alignment and where were the challenges I reflect on how I was mothered and how I needed to be mothered. Well, yeah, I guess let's start there with what do you feel like you needed as a child? Who were you as a child and what did you, what did you need? Um, shoot, I think I needed to just have been allowed to be a kid, Mm. um, to be seen as a whole person Mm -hmm. to, with feelings, Mm -hmm. to be allowed to make mistakes um, to have a safe space, um, to not be ridiculed or judged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I feel bad. I feel like your first interview is really dank. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I had, um, I had a, a similar experience growing up mm-hmm. with my biological mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes it it is it makes me sad that someone you know else could have an experience like this but there is something so familiar about your yeah. story um yeah so no worries <laughs> no well no worries I also I have this thing um so my name means be happy mm-hmm. and I've been all I've always been able to find the silver lining mm. and I think that even with the way that my stepmom raised me, I feel mm-hmm. like I did fine. I feel like I did great. I feel like I thrived mm-hmm. in spite of her. 
Mm-hmm. I'm great. I mean, she's a shy person. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss. You're good. <laughs> okay. She's a shy person, and that sucks for her. She's mentally ill, and, you know, she has her own challenges. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would have been the person today mm-hmm. if I had not had the experiences. And I'm not trying to justify her actions, mm-hmm. but I think I'm bloody brilliant, and I think that's because that, in spite of her, mm-hmm. I could have become just like her because her biological children oof some of them follow in her footsteps mm-hmm. but no I think it molded me and it shaped me into exactly who I needed to be mm. and that's out of my control mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I'm grateful for it and it, I don't think I would have been able to mother my child and feel as deeply as I do mm-hmm. about mothering and caregiving if it wasn't for the experience that I had. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying that people who didn't have great childhoods can't be great parents. (laughs) Yeah. 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 For for sure. I've often, you know, thought about that, thought about, Uh you know, it's hard for me when I hear people say, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh Because when I think about myself as a child and think about Uh other children who have, you know, like yourself, who have similar Uh experiences, you know, like, how could you turn to that child and tell them everything that's happening to you is for a reason, Mm, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I I always think about children in war-torn areas when Mm -hmm. people say that. I'm just like, there's no, there's no way to justify this. There's no way to make it okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I mean it's. I mean we're allowed. There's nuance. We're allowed to live in a world where many realities are true. So yeah, yeah, and I think that's. I think that's exactly it. I think that as, as an adult, I can recognize, I have these strengths, mm-hmm. and am able to be, you know, the deeply compassionate and mm-hmm. you know empathetic person that I am because of things that happened Um, and separating just because it has helped me to be who I am doesn't mean that I deserved what happened exactly and separating those two is hard Um, (laughs) but um yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it takes it takes a lot of work um so what is you said you named your daughter for your Mm -hmm. mother what is your Mm -hmm. mother's name Tandiwe. And what does her name mean? Love. Love. Mm-hmm. Love, loving. Yeah. yeah. Act of love. And, I mean, I think it's so beautiful that her name means love and yours is happiness. Love and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And what does your daughter carrying your mother's name what does that do in the way of a reminder when you say her name what does that feel like to say your child's name and it be your mother's name um it feels uh, full circle Mm -hmm. you know almost like even when when I was a kid I knew that if I had a girl I'd name her Tandiwit after Mm -hmm. my mother Mm -hmm. I think it's just it keeps her name alive for me Mm. and it keeps her I think you know my stepmom never really 
talked about my mom and never allowed us to talk about her. Mm-hmm. We just pretended like she didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of anger and sadness and grief about the fact that, you know, I don't have her memory. I don't have many memories of her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, so my dad passed mm. a few years ago. And so I've had my dad my whole life, essentially. Mm-hmm. And him and I got really, really close towards those last years of his life. Mm-hmm. And he is a big, um, he's a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. part of who I am and how I act and how I see the world and my spirituality and all these things. And I adore him. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy for me to call him to me mm-hmm. and memories of him. And so I felt really guilty about not having that same relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of name Tandiwe after that, it's like, yeah, it's to honor her. Mm-hmm. But it's also to like get, bring, return to closeness with her. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And how? Oh, my feelings right oh. now. <laughs> you and me both. Uh-huh. And, you know, how does that, how does rekindling that closeness with your mother, that memory of her, how does that affect your relationship with yourself? How are you willing, are you comfortable with me again? Because I can get real woo-woo. <laughs> Oh, go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, how did, could you repeat that question? So how has reconnecting with her, rekindling mm-hmm. that relationship with your mother, how has it helped you to better know yourself or your relationship with yourself? I think it's deepened my spirituality. Mm-hmm. I think for a really long time, I kind of, ooh, I was just a fabric on a clothesline flapping in the wind Mm. in terms of my my ideals Mm -hmm. Uh, like of spirituality you know I was raised um Christian in my stepmother's church and very much and I'm you know my mom was Catholic I don't know how in the hell that happened in some time (laughs) I mean I do because colonizers but whatever Mm -hmm. I like so I taught Sunday school and the whole time that I was, you know, engaging in Christianity, I felt, I felt wrong. I felt mm. like a fraud. Mm-hmm. And so then for me to tap into my mother and tap into, you know, connecting with ancestors and connecting with loved ones, it just has strengthened my life and my place on earth my you know like my right to be here my right to exist my spirituality myself as a human being who I am as a mother and as a friend Mm. I just feel more connected and alive and and grateful you know happier Mm. Mm -hmm. my hair shinier (laughs) curls popping My skin is less ashy. It's all of it. <laughs> I feel that. Um, so, what are some of the biggest lessons 
that you carry forward in your mothering of yourself, in your mothering of your child from the various experiences of mothering that you, you know, have had? What are, what are your biggest lessons? I think unconditional love is the first one. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest one is because if you, someone loves you unconditionally, if you love yourself unconditionally, then you make space for yourself to explore mm-hmm. and to make mistakes Mm-hmm. and to take leaps because you always know that you'll be all right you always know that there's a home for yourself in yourself or in your mother's arms and i think i see that with my child mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. a securely attached kid versus an unsecurely attached kid and how they handle you know challenges or stressors or mm-hmm. whatever I just see it in myself like I'm much more I'm putting myself out there more in a ways that I think that if I was still operating from a more fear-based kind of lethal gross mm. um jealousy fear-driven model like the one that I was raised in I don't think I would have done the things that I have done I think because of my mother's love and faith in me I was able to make take risks Mm -hmm. and be fine even if they didn't work out and thrive if they did Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that's the biggest lesson yeah yeah it's like you said from that foundation when you have that foundation, it's not to say that you won't have the challenges and that you won't have the difficulties but the way that you interact with them becomes mm-hmm. so much different when you have that foundation. Yeah. And it's just like, it's overwhelming almost like the overwhelming love that I have for my child. Mm-hmm. And I got like, Sue, I remember after she was born and go, she was like laying in the, you know, the little thing next to you. And I was just like, no one warned me how, intense I got mad I was like no one warned me how intense Mm. these feelings of of like love are Mm -hmm. and I can either and I remembered I remember feeling this immense responsibility Mm -hmm. and I was like it's either I fix I work on me so I don't fuck her up Mm -hmm. or I'm going to take us all down because you know with parenting you can be you can operate from a fear-based model mm-hmm. or you can operate from a love-based model. And through watching myself mother my child, I was like, dang, my mom loved the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have any memory of it. Mm-hmm. But there's this is not learned. And, it, you know, it may not have even been her. It's maybe some ancestor somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. And I feel it through my bones. And, it, you know, it's just... You got to break cycles of violence and cycles of um, whatever the fuck my stepmom justifies what she did to me as. But, you know, you to get to the goodness mm-hmm. of it, it takes work. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm rambling. No, no. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Oh, that. Thank you so much yeah. for you know, for sharing what you have, for being 
vulnerable, you know, in the way that you have been during, you know, during our conversation. Mm-hmm. I deeply appreciate it um, and know that, you know, when others hear this, that they will, that they will feel it as well. Um, and that someone somewhere who needs to hear this is going to, and that just lifts me up so much to know that. Well, thank you for reaching out to me and doing this. This is such good work, especially for black women. And we need to have honest conversations about trauma and the way that we were mothered and how that affects us and how we see ourselves and how we treat each other and how we treat our children yeah all the things yes (sighs) yes thank you thank you thank Thank you you. thank you thank you for listening to this episode of our mother's gardens If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata. 